Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. This week we're joined by Miranda Bennett and she's a mum, a wife and a blogger known as the Mediocre Mum. So welcome to Miranda. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Bless you. Thank you for joining us. So your Mediocre Mum, Mrs. Mediocre Mum, so please tell us your one story of this positive change of how it all began. Oh gosh, well, it started kind of on a, on a non-positive note, actually. Um, when I had my second son, um, I was hit pretty hard with um, postpartum depression. And when I started finally seeking out help, um, I realized there were a lot of people that I knew that had babies and had this issue. And even though I knew them and I've known them for years, I never knew that they suffered through this. And it was interesting to me that so many people are struggling and yet nobody's talking about it. So it started just as me writing a couple blogs about my experience to try to help other people um, feel less alone, but it's kind of morphing into, you know, I want to be your one-stop shop. I want it to be funny. I want there to be resources. I want, you know, I have free principles and decluttering guides and I want to have recipes and so I just, um, I'm still in the infancy of all of it. And so I hope my community kind of sticks with me as I go through the growing pains. But um, yeah, it started out just as a, hey, we need to talk about this. And it's turning into, hey, we need to talk about everything. <laughs> I agree. So your postpartum depression, so we call it postnatal depression here. Okay. Was it, qu- was it quite obvious from the start or did months pass? How did you know well, something was going on? It wasn't um, obvious to me. What's interesting is I've suffered from um, depression my whole life. So I've kind of dealt with it on and off. And with my first baby, she just turned four, actually. um, My husband and I were very scared that I would be prone to postpartum depression. And um, but it didn't happen. And so when I had my second baby, it just didn't even occur to us that it could Um, so he was about six months old when I finally kind of had a big breakdown. My mom had to come over, had to take the kids so I could, you know, call a doctor, get on therapy, get on medication and do everything that I needed to do. Because, you know, when you're exhausted because you have a newborn baby and you have a toddler, you know, of course you're tired. Of course you're struggling. Of course. And you just keep kind of brushing it off. Well, this is normal. Of course, this is really hard. I had a three-year-old and a newborn, um, and it wasn't until he was about six months old that I realized this is this is way more than just struggling through having two kids. Um, so yeah, that's that's when I sought out the help. Um, I'm still in therapy. I'm still on medication. Very proud, trying to get that very uh, normalized. I think people need to talk about that more as well. Um, and it's also allowing me to see the the joy and to see the funny and to be able to post to my community about funny things that my toddler's doing and actually enjoying moments. Um, and even though some days are harder than others, um, 
it's really Mrs. Mediocre Mom starting this has been part of what saved me. Just having this outlet has been amazing. That's brilliant. So why mediocre? That's I love the big brands like you know, fantastic yeah. and amazing. So why did you go for Mrs. Mediocre Mum? Tell me about the name. So um, I want to kind of give mediocre less of a negative um, vibe. I think that we are in such a social media driven world. And we're also, I mean, the last, what, three to five years, just this personal development boom has been insane, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So everyone is striving to be their best, which is important. You should always strive to be better than yesterday. But I think it actually hit a tipping point where people are now feeling so bad about themselves that they're not doing as well as everybody else on the internet. Their pictures aren't as beautiful. Their home isn't as clean. They're not taking their hobby and turning it into a business. And now they're wondering, should it be a business? Maybe it's not enough just being something that makes me happy. And it's making you question yourself over and over. And so I want to bring mediocre to be a word that's like, you know what? I love myself today. I love myself as I am. I don't want to be perfect. I just want to be better. And I do want to be better tomorrow than I am today. But if I fail tomorrow or if I struggle tomorrow, I'm not going to beat myself up because it's okay that I'm not doing everything exactly right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I really do because um, the social media, it's just, I mean, I go on a business side of it for Shelley F. Knight, but I don't really go on it for a personal point of view. And I get that, what you're saying, that because it is always the comparison, isn't it, to someone else, someone we're never going to meet. We just think they look like that all the time. You exactly. think, oh my God, I look like a bit of chewed string. They look immaculate. So I just stay away from it. Do you know what I mean? I know. And if you look at my Instagram page and my Facebook page, you will see that there's maybe a handful of pictures where I look done. And the rest of them are me just looking like a crazy person trying to make it through life. So I'm trying to keep it as authentic as possible. And on the business side of things, also, a lot of times, if you are trying to start a business, talking to someone or listening to someone who's 5, 10, 15 years in, even though they say, don't compare your beginning to my middle, you're going to do that anyway. With me, I just turned six months old on March 19th. So you can absolutely compare yourself to me because I'm also in the beginning and we can struggle together and you can see everything I'm doing and maybe learn from my mistakes or go through some of the mistakes with me. Yes. And that's brilliant, isn't it? Because I think people always do the big success stories at the end, but realistically it's been like five years, 10 years. And I just like realistic people like you, Miranda. Do you know what I mean? The real, look, this is the truth. We don't have like white walls in our house. The kids got, you know, food in their hair. I kind of like exactly. that. Exactly. I'm just trying to keep it as authentic as possible. And I really think authentic has been kind of a buzzword lately. You know, everyone wants to be authentic. And now that is turning into, you know, a show as well. Their authenticity only comes from certain areas, from certain times. Well, I want to show you that um, you know, today is a really good day and my kids were listening really well and we were all getting along. And uh-oh, today everything is a show. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed <laughs> to say that, but I think that there's a lot of people who are struggling who need to see that other people are struggling. And when it comes to the people who have had businesses for, you know, 10 or 15 years, 
they have beautiful pictures with photographers and they have these amazing office spaces. You know, I'm working from the couch or I'm working from the kitchen table while my children climb all over me because I can't afford a nanny, you know? So <laughs> I want people to know, like, just because it's really, really hard doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be harder than the people who do have the extra help. But hey, let's do it together and we can motivate each other. So your audience, your followers, does it really, really help them when they see you being real? Um, I believe it has. I've, um, I know my, my following is actually still pretty small, um, but I've had a lot of people message me and I've had a lot of people um, reach out to me and thank me for the authenticity. Oh no, my daughter's crying. Can you hear that? <laughs> you want to sort her out? Yeah, one, one second. She just came in and got on my lap and then was banging stuff together. <laughs> Trying to get my mom to... Okay, I think she walked away from the door. Um, okay, let, uh, can you ask me that question again? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what did I ask you? Maybe I don't even edit this out. Maybe this is exactly what people need to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've just been talking about authenticity. And it is like that, isn't it? Like, we've got a dog barking here at the moment. You know, things happen. Things happen. Exactly, exactly. So do you have a positive affirmation you use? Like a little catchphrase? Yes, my, um, and I post this a lot, and I, I've written it on my mirror. I say it to myself. I say it to my daughter when I drop her off at school. Don't be perfect, just be better. Oh, I like that. And that's, that's what we all should strive to, strive to do. Don't be perfect, just be better, and don't beat yourself up, and just enjoy today. I think so many of us are thinking about what's happening five minutes from now. People tend to look ahead constantly. What do they need to do to, you know, get their kids lunch ready? Okay, we need to think about that. Okay, we need to make a list because we need to get to the store. Okay, I um, need to make sure that I'm working out because I need to lose 10 pounds. Okay, I need to make sure I'm working on this because I need my business to grow to this. Um, and we forget to kind of enjoy right now. Um, and so what I try to talk about sometimes with my community too is, you know, if you're not happy now, if you can't find some sort of joy in this moment with who you are and what you have, then when you lose those five pounds or those 10 pounds, you're still not going to be happy. If you get your total list done, you check everything off, kids are fed, grocery store is done, everything's done, you're still not going to feel happy. If you get your business to a six-figure business, you know, those things aren't going to be what makes you happy. You have to be able to look around right now, look at your kids, look at your family, look at your home, look at yourself in the mirror and be able to say, you know what, I'm doing okay. Everything is good and I'm happy right now and I'm going to enjoy right now. That's so true. And there's a real like, element of self-love there because Absolutely. so many people are always looking for this answer. And it's always in like, you know, when I've got this amount in the bank, when I've got this many children, when I've achieved this with work, when I've got my parents' approval. Exactly. And actually it's, it's not there. The answer's not there. As you say, it's not in the six figure. I'd like to try it, to be honest. I'd like to see if my happiness is in the six yeah. figure. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely think we should explore. <laughs> yeah, you know, just for research. But um, it is in the now. Uh, are, are you happy? And it is that, you know, stop going externally to yourself and start that inner journey, which I know some people hate. They'll be rolling their eyes as we're talking, Miranda. But if you don't like yourself, if you don't like being around yourself, that's probably where you need to start. 
Exactly. And everyone kind of talks about, you know, the good old days. Well, one day your kids are going to be older and you're going to miss them little. And one day this is going to happen and you're going to miss this. And so I try to, you know, as cliche and as cheesy as this is, right now my kids are one and four. These are the good old days. I need to remember that right now is, you know, 20 years from now, I'm going to be looking back on today. So I want to make sure that I'm not missing it. Yeah. And I get that. My background is nursing so I worked with dying patients for many years and I learned from them many many beautiful things but one of them was that when you look back on your life the big things were actually what we thought the little things at the time and it is that you know that indoor picnic in the rain all the cute friendship things the little memories the drawings they do when you start your business that you know you have that courage and that's what matters it is the small things it is the now it's never really the big things Yeah, I can't imagine anybody, you know, at the very end of their life is thinking, oh, I wish I would have worked more. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're wishing they spent more time with their family, with their kids, that they relaxed more, that they enjoyed more. So I just really want, you know, to really get that message out out there that it's, it's here and now. You have to enjoy the here and now. And with this podcast, especially, you know, if I was waiting until I felt ready to have my first interview, I would have never reached out. I would have never said yes to this because there, no, there's no way in a million years that if you look at me from the outside in, that my blog and my community looks b- big enough or I look successful enough or it doesn't look like I'm ready for this at all. Um, and if you just, if you keep waiting to be ready for whatever that next big thing is, you're never going to do it. So just have the courage to enjoy your life, do what you want to do, do it now. Um, And I also want to say that doesn't mean that you have to turn every hobby into a business. That doesn't, you know, I want people to know that they can be happy doing things just for themselves as well. I think there's a big narrative going on right now that, you know, oh, you like to read? Well, you should be writing books. You like to paint? (laughs) Well, let's set you up an Etsy store. You know, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm talking to those people too, that you're allowed to just do things for you and do things that make you happy. Yeah, and I think it, that's really important because some, as you say, you read a book, you're like, you should write one. And you're like, yeah. oh, well, I have written one. But, you know, the point <laughs> is really true that, you know, we need to have like a creative process, just something where we switch off from like, you know, the wife, the mother, the work mode, just find it. But then that doesn't have to be a career, does it? Exactly. <laughs> Bless you. So when you we're going into postpartum depression or postnatal depression. What was it that made you do the positive change? Was it you? Was it your children? Well, so I started diving into all of the, you know, personal development with everybody else, actually, when my first child was born. Um, Because since I had struggled or have struggled with depression my whole life, I realized there's no way that I can raise a strong, independent, self-loving woman if I'm not that. So when she first came out, I looked at her and I thought, man, I have to do better. Um, So I started reading all the books and listening to all the podcasts and doing all the journaling and and really working on on myself. Um, And things got really, really good for a long time, which is another reason um, the postpartum with my second was blindsiding me. Um, I just didn't expect it. Um, so while I was in it, I kind of stopped doing all of the work. I stopped using all of the tools that I had learned. 
Um, and when you have depression that isn't situational, meaning it could potentially be with you for the rest of your life, no matter what, um, you can never stop doing the work. You can never stop using the tools. It's a daily job to make sure you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing. And, you know, I have to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. I have to make sure that I'm not getting overwhelmed with, you know, work and the kids. I have to really kind of hold my own hand through life to make sure that I'm not putting myself in a bad spot. Um, so once I, once he was about six months old and I kind of lost it and I just was crying and I was asking for help and I asked my mom, please get the kids out of here because I don't want them to see me like this. And, you know, I immediately got into therapy and I started again on all those tools and all the podcasts and all the books and really putting myself first in that respect. And that is what is so important is that we, especially as mothers, don't put our needs even second or sometimes even third. Um, but at the end of the day, my kids were suffering because I was not putting myself first. Um, and the good thing too, for anybody who's listening, who is suffering through something like this kind of chronically, um, the good news is, is when you fall off, you don't start over. You just pick up where you left off. You already have so many tools and so much information to where getting started again is so much easier than it was the last time and the time before that. So you just have to remember, you know, this is a, a daily struggle. And when I got back into therapy, I'll tell you, it was kind of a kick in the pants to admit. <laughs> I thought I thought I was doing so much better. I kind of, I thought I was cured and I kind of, you know, um, I, I just thought everything was perfect. And so it really was a kick in the pants when I was like, oh, this, this is with me still. This is something that can come back at any time. And so I have to make sure that I'm doing the right thing for my family and for myself. I think you're such a courageous woman. I think you're brilliant. I really do. Oh my goodness. Just, thank you so much. I just listening. I got goosebumps thinking you rock my world, Miranda. You truly oh. do. Oh I'm my goodness. To you. And I'm just like, oh, you said about authenticity earlier. And you've just blown me away because I'm not often quiet. You can ask my husband, hardly ever quiet. Um, and I've gone absolutely silent. Could you just, oh, I don't know. I just, oh, I'm all emotional. Oh, thank you so much. I'm getting a little emotional too. Sink, <laughs> we need more of you in the world where you just say, do you know what? It's all right to like live with condition. It's all right to have depression. It's a daily job. Do you know what? Put yourself before your kids. Sometimes you have to hold your own hand and all those things. I'm like, yes, <laughs> Miranda, all oh, the way. Thank you so much. Well, this is part of why I'm, I'm trying to make my information more public because I think if people aren't going to talk about it, it's not going to get better. If we're not going to normalize it, it's not going to get better. And at the same time, if we normalize it and it's something that people aren't afraid to bring up and something that we're not afraid to talk about, then we might actually be able to prevent it instead of constantly chasing the cure. We might be able to do a lot better for each other. So that that's my hope, but we'll see. <laughs> I just think it's brilliant. And the other point where you said like, you know, if you fall off the wagon, you don't go back to the start, you just pick up again where you left off. And I'm like, I think that'll ping many light bulbs across the world. I just think that's brilliant. I truly do. 
I thank you. I, I really hope so because at first it feels like, oh, starting over. I don't want to start over. I don't want to do this again. But you know, even my therapist told me, well, you got into therapy really quickly. So it seems like you learned a lot the last time you struggled. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She makes me pat myself on the back quite often. She's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I absolutely love that. Because my mum, my you see, I grew up with my mum and she's a counsellor. And <laughs> she, I don't know if your therapist does that, but does she speak to you with your head slightly on one side? <laughs> is, it, is it just a mum thing? My mum does yeah. that to me. I think, it's, I think it might be a mum thing because <laughs> I is do it? that to my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mum used to say, you know, good morning. And my mum would just like tilt the head and say, is it Shelley? <laughs> is it Shelley? <laughs> just therapizing you all day long <laughs> yeah and I'm like well yeah I think it was now I don't know now I need to look inside myself I don't know it's just my mom and our dog is the only people that tilt their head and give me that look <laughs> making you question everything you've ever yeah thought. yeah absolutely <laughs> so you was talking earlier about all the things you do like the therapies and that and you said about the tools and you mentioned journaling which I love what other tools could you share with the listeners that help you on a daily basis well, say that again in English. <laughs> I think I need dental work. <laughs> what tools could you recommend for people to try at home? Well, I definitely would say, you know, the more, um, I'll say frou-frou answer, which might sound rude, but, you know, diet and exercise, very important. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. My diet right now is terrible during this quarantine <laughs> and my exercise is totally terrible during this quarantine. I've definitely gained the quarantine 15, if not more. But um, <laughs> other than that, the tools that have really helped me is one, I take my medication every day. You can't, I read a book recently that said, if you're on medication, don't stop. You don't stand under an umbrella in the rain and think, man, I'm really dry. I must not need this umbrella anymore. <laughs> That's so, brilliant. Yeah. I know. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. That was Glennon Doyle. Her book, Untamed, is amazing. Um, but yeah, so if you're on medication, just keep taking it. Be diligent about it. Um, journaling, I know, is great for some people, not great for other people. For me, it's been wonderful. Um, I actually buy journals that have prompts. Um, if I just free write um, in an empty journal, I tend to accidentally write as if someone is going to read it, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. I'm actually, not, I'm actually not as honest with myself as I should be because I'm writing as if there's an, an audience for some reason, and I don't know why that is. <laughs> um, so what I do is I actually buy journals um, with prompts that help me kind of uh, lift off with, you know, how was today? Let me rate my day. Um, I have one Vertelis that is, I hope I'm saying that right. It's a great journal that actually has a couple of questions about your day and then it has you rate the day and it has you do a summary of the day. Um, and that one has really helped me because a lot of times I would get into bed angry about, you know, whatever went wrong. But after I would do these prompts and I would rate the day overall, I would see, oh wait, I'm focusing on maybe this one thing that was really bothersome. But it turns out the day was actually really good. And so I was able to go to sleep um, better. The other tools that I really try to work on for myself is if I don't get enough sleep, then everything in my life suffers. So although most of the 
personal development people you listen to are those type A's up at the crack of dawn, working to all hours of the night. Um, that's not something I'm even capable of because if I'm not rested, um, really everything kind of starts to fall apart. For me personally, rest is the foundation of everything. Um, and then the last thing that I really try to do that I think a lot of moms need to do is you need to get away from your children. You have to <laughs> go, you know, whether it's by yourself or whether it's with friends, um, it can't only be grocery shopping that is your time away. You need to do something that fills you up and makes you feel good, um, whether that's a walk or seeing friends or going on a date with your husband. I know it's not easy. Again, I don't have a nanny and I just for the first time, my daughter is four years old. I just for the first time started using babysitters because I just didn't trust anybody with my kids except yeah. my mom. So I understand that that can be really hard, but if you're not getting away from your children, then when you're with them, you're not really going to appreciate everything. Um, and you're going to get annoyed a lot more because you're not giving yourself a chance to miss them. Um, so for me, that's really important is just setting time away from being a mother, setting time away from being a wife, um, which is another reason I started this blog is I just needed to use my brain for something other than snacks and diaper changes and drop off. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so monotonous and it can be so boring. Like, to be honest, it can be very boring being a stay-at-home mom. So you just have to find anything that you have for yourself and I think that's really important. But yeah, those are the those are the things that I try to live by in terms of, um, oh, and going to therapy. I love therapy. Therapy is the most wonderful thing in the world. I think everyone should do it, whether you have big problems, little problems, you should all go. <laughs> so what do you love about therapy? Oh my God, it's just a place where you can be so God awfully honest and there's no judgment and there's no shame and you just are able to, you know, I know some therapists don't give you opinions at all um, and just let you, you know, word vomit all over them, which can be wonderful <laughs> at times. Um, and then, so my therapist is kind of both. She'll let me word vomit. And then other times she'll tell me, you know, well, I don't know that you really feel that way. Let's talk about that more. Or, and she really helps me dig into um, certain things. And she, it's, it's just amazing because, you know, your husband might be your best friend, but you can't tell him everything. You just can't. You can't break down in front of your kids all the time because they need you to be, you know, a functioning mother. You can tell your friends things, but you're going to get such biased opinions and such biased um, advice. So having someone who doesn't know you through a hole in the wall, other than when you sit down for that hour, once a week, once every other week, um, it's, it's liberating to just be that honest. Yeah, it does sound brilliant because we've got the confidentiality. So whatever you say just stays there and you can say what the hell you like, can't you? Exactly, exactly. And I, I've said some things that I didn't even realize I felt or that I thought because when you kind of get on a roll and you're not censoring yourself like you do through the rest of life um, with everybody else, when you are just kind of on a roll spitting it out, you say things that you go, oh, I didn't realize I feel that way, but now that I've said it, man, I feel so much better. I feel so much lighter, you know? So it's, I just think therapy is extremely important. And now that we're doing this um, quarantine, um, she's actually doing um, video chat sessions with me. So I've been hiding in the car and talking to her. <laughs> it's been wonderful. <laughs> 
it is really good though. I just think if you've got someone like that, as you say, because your friends will just, I don't know, it depends what kind of friends you got, I guess. But if you've got like friends where they just say, oh, absolutely, Shelley, yeah, you're right. Or you've got those, I mean, I'm very spiritual and I don't have many of my friends that are actually really spiritual. So they're a bit like, yeah, whatever. But with therapy, <laughs> it's like self-love because you can say what the hell you like. It's your opinion. It's your truth, isn't it? Exactly. And you, you know, sometimes talking to your friends, they either light a fire that doesn't need to be lit, you know, and really emphasize something that maybe you shouldn't emphasize. Um, or they, like you said, they just say, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just yeah. you get out of it what you need. Um, and a lot of times, even with your closest friends, you can't say your deepest, darkest secrets. You know, you need somewhere where you can just be so brutally honest and and therapy is really I think ab above all other things that I've been doing for myself I think therapy is the best thing and so um before and after my appointments I try to post something to the community just reminding them um either that I think it's a great idea for them to go or I tell them something that um was like an aha moment during my session um I really try to bring it up a lot so that way it's just kind of normal everyday chatter at this point you know I love it I think you're more open to saying that you have therapy over there I know lots of the actresses and that say like oh everyone should have therapy <laughs> but, but over here you could be in therapy for three years then tell one of your mates maybe really yeah it's like quite taboo or it's a bit sort of like oh my god it got that bad whereas I think you know like the whole mediocre thing you should just like tell it as it is yes exactly and it and it even with celebrities and even with people saying it it's still so taboo it's like if you say it in a general setting um it, people don't know what to do with it they don't know how to respond to it they don't know if they should ask questions or you know people get very uncomfortable when it comes to mental health so we just need to make it kind of part of the daily um conversation and it doesn't you don't have to live your life telling everyone hey stranger I go to therapy and I take Lexapro <laughs> you know but, but it should be something that's like hey I see you're having a hard time I see a therapist you know she's great would you like her number you know that could be more of a normal conversation or hey I see that you've been struggling a lot and you're doing this and this and this and these things aren't working have you thought about seeing a psychiatrist about medication to help you get over this hump or you know it should just be okay to talk about yeah, it should, because I think the whole thing that when you're not talking about mental health, you make an issue about mental health. Exactly. Then you're making it worse about the mental health because then you're talking even less. <laughs> exactly. And honestly, when you have depression and anxiety, those things, in my opinion, those things are not you. It's like your, it's like your mind now has a roommate and that roommate is really mean and it takes over and you start to believe the things that the depression and the anxiety are telling you. So the less you talk about it out loud, the more real and the more weight the things that they're saying have. Um, and it makes it even harder to seek out help because now you think, well, you know, maybe I don't even deserve to, to get help. Maybe I don't even deserve to be better. Maybe, you know, my family deserves better than what I've got to offer and I should just leave. Or, you know, you just really fold within yourself. And what we really need to do is teach our children um and and our friends and our family to open up and say the things that they're afraid to say because it's amazing how you can struggle with these thoughts for years by yourself 
And yet when you start to say them out loud, they can vanish. I mean, so quickly it's uh, recovery from certain things is so much quicker than just sitting with it by yourself. And so it's really worth it to, to get these things out. I think you're going to help so many people. I truly do. Oh God. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> so people, I think are just going to want to find you. So you're Mrs. Mediocre mom. Yes, I'm Mrs. Mediocre Mom on all platforms. Um, I just even downloaded TikTok. No idea how to use it. I'm going to need to borrow a teenager. <laughs> um, I am uh, Mrs. Mediocre Mom.com for my blog. And um, hopefully we'll be getting some guest posts on because I'd really like to get a lot of different perspectives, not just mine. Um, there's a lot of things that women go through that maybe I have not gone through. Um, so I want to make sure we kind of touch on all of those things. So stay tuned for more blogs there. Um, and then, yeah, Pinterest, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook is all at Mrs. Mediocre Mom. And um, I really look forward to growing this community and, and really hoping that we can, not only that I can help them, but they can help me. This, you know, to, yesterday I posted, I'm going to have my very first interview and I post a lot for you guys. And this time I need you to post for me. Please give me words of encouragement. And People were messaging Aww. me and commenting and, and just made me feel so good. So this is not just about me and it's not just about them. This is about all of us together, which is really cool. Oh, you have to say I was all right. I wasn't some ogre of a host. I'm all right. <laughs> no, you were awful. <laughs> just kidding. No, you made this so much easier. I mean, I, I was up pretty late last night going over in my head what maybe I should say or what do I think she's going to ask and I was so nervous <laughs> so you made it so easy thank you so much oh you're most welcome it's been an absolute delight I say I am never lost for words and you blew me away with your daily work on yourself I absolutely loved it so thank you so much thank you thank you so much If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight. Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.